From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hello, hello. It's Elizabeth here. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have another discernment story. Y'all know I love these. These are so fun because it's so fun to see the unique path that God used, not only to call this person to marriage or to reveal his will, but to the person in particular. So we are joined by Mary Lineberg. Hi, Mary. Hello, hello, hello. How are you, Elizabeth? I am good, and I do not know this story. I know a little bit about it from your book and from binge reading your entire blog. So I know a little thing, but I don't, I don't know this whole story, so I am pumped. So are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So how did you know that you were called to marriage? How did I know I was called to marriage? Well, I, um, when I was in high school, uh, I got to go, uh, I went to Catholic school, was raised in a Catholic family, a large Catholic family. When I was in high school, we had a day, uh, five days in a row. Each day we went to a different convent in our oh, area. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I grew up outside of uh, Washington, DC. So there were lots of choices and, um, one of them, they required you to be silent for the whole day. It, uh, it was, um, they were, um, Carmelites that were cloistered, discalced that were cloistered. Okay. And I, it was hot, it was spring, and I kept looking at the habits and the fact that they couldn't talk. And that pretty much was the fourth ring of hell for me. So I, I, I looked at that and I was like, no. But then when we went to the Josephites, they were, they were out gardening and doing other things. And I thought, oh, I, can, I could do that. And then when you went down, um, I can't remember what they, they worked in a hospital and they were working with the babies. And I thought that's the Aww. one I could do that because they were, they were nurses that that worked, um, in hospitals. So, um, I kind of, it was there. I was raised in the Catholic church, Catholic school. So it was talked about. My parents were very open to any of their children, uh, receiving a vocation to the church. So it wasn't something that I was afraid of. Um, but then I had an experience in college where, um, I actually write about it in my second book called be bold to the broken, which is out next year. And I, went to a Marine bar in DC, right. <laughs> With friends, like we went out and it was known that that's, you know, they frequented that bar. And so, um, we went out and it was the eighties and you're dancing and you know, you're having a good time. And there was too much alcohol and too much dancing and too, just a lot of too much. Sure. And I found myself in a situation where one of the, the guys that I was dancing with thought I was a prostitute. Mm. And so he propositioned me. Oh, I'd never had that happen to me before. Yeah. I, um, yeah. and so I, um, I, I, yeah. So I went to my girlfriend and I said, he thinks I'm a prostitute. What do we do? And she goes, we get the heck out of here. Oh. So as we left the bar, um, we, uh, were chased basically down the street by these two gentlemen, by that guy? Not gentlemen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were running and running hard and fast and a police officer, I kept praying. I started praying to my guardian angel. Um, of course I had forgotten that I had a guardian angel 10 minutes earlier when Until I was in the situation, <laughs> but in that moment I recognized that I had power. Oh, and so thanks be to I, God for that um, grace, man, that he yeah, intervened I, and was like, no, I'm here. I can help you. I, I heard my dad's voice. I did. Like oh, he was yelling at me, run wow. faster, run faster. And so there was a police officer at the corner and we said, they're, they're, they've, you know, my girlfriend was like, they're doing this X, Y, Z. 
you need to stop them. And the police officer intervened and we got to our car and we went home. Didn't say anything to my parents. We were both traumatized. Mm. The next morning was Sunday. I go to mass. Hmm. I'm at mass. Um, my mom knows something is wrong, but I'm, I'm not sharing. And I remember kneeling down before mass and I'm looking at the tabernacle and I just, I had tears kind of slowly coming out of my eyes. And I was like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I was in such need for love to be seen as I was, mm-hmm. to be accepted as I was. I was always considered too much, too loud, too this, too whatever for people. And I intimidated people with my boisterousness and my, um, my attitude on life. And it was hard. It was hard to, everybody wanted me to be quiet and be small. And I just wasn't, and I mm-hmm. still am not. And, um, and so I told God that if he wanted me to love somebody and wanted somebody to love me, that he was literally going to have to walk him in front of me. Like mm-hmm. I was done chasing love. I was, and what I thought was love, which for me was physical love sure. at that time at 18. And so I said, I'm not dating. I'm not going to bars. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing anything. I'm coming to church. I'm, I'm hanging out with my girlfriends we're not drinking, dating, you know, like we're done. We're done with this until you bring them to me. And if I'm 50, then I'm 50, but I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. Um, and I went, it was a brave prayer. I didn't think Mm. of it as brave at the time. I was just done. I was so scared. Right. And I was desperate. And that's typically when the Lord does some serious work in my life when I'm scared and desperate. (laughs) Hence why the first book was called be brave and the scared. Right. (laughs) You know, so, um, I did that. Well, it was, um, six months of that to the day when my girlfriend called and said, I want to see my boyfriend who was at the Naval Academy, but he can't leave campus. So there's this little mixer thing where, you know, people go in um, young ladies from local colleges because there weren't enough female midshipmen at the time. And they have like this mixer, you know, where they have a DJ and it's on campus. So everybody can come. So it was an hour and a half drive from where we live. And she goes, my dad won't let me do it by myself. Will you come with me? I'll have Rob, her boyfriend set us up with some, you know, so we're just not sitting there and you're not watching me like, you know, smoochy on my boyfriend all night. And I'm like, that sounds exciting. So she called me like the day before we were to do it. My parents gave him permission to do it. And she said, um, just so you know, he has a great personality. Now, you know, that's like the universal death knell (laughs) to any kind of blind date. So I had no expectations. I wore an outfit that made me look like a nun. And I, there was no exposure, no decolletage, no arms. It was long sleeves. It was, I mean, I, I was like, I am here because exactly because I'm your girlfriend and this is what girlfriends do. So we show up and Jerry comes to the table, tall, blonde, blue eyed, um, looks very dapper in his uniform, but he's by himself. And Jerry was our third friend that was with us. Christie's blind date. <laughs> now Jerry's six feet tall, six, six, one, and Christie's five, two. So he immediately asked her to dance because the music had started and it was the most awkward, you know, dance because she was so tiny and he was so tall. Sure. Well, I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and my blind date doesn't show up. Ooh. Yeah. Doesn't show up. So I'm like, cool. A the Lord nerve. just answered that. No, the see, I thought it was the best. Oh. <laughs> see, I thought it was I thought it was a gift because I'm like, cool. It's not tonight. I'm not yep. meeting him tonight. Yep. Like you would have brought this guy. And so here's Jerry, got two women. He's not used to one, let alone two. And he's trying to be a gentleman. So he asked Christie's permission. Can I ask Mary to dance? Because I'm your date. And Christy was like, Yeah, go ahead. You know, I mean, nobody was like, 
too attached to anyone except for Kim and Rob. And so we were dancing and he just made me laugh. I just, I remember laughing hysterically the whole night, just so at ease. And um, he was so confident. And then I got nervous because I was like, oh, I shouldn't have feelings for him because he's Christy State. That's just not how it's done. And then this gentleman from South Carolina came up and he asked Jerry's permission to ask his date to dance. And, um, and he was 5'8", and Christy was 5'2", and that was a little oh, bit perfect. easier for Jerry. And so over the course of the night, I just kind of sidled over to Jerry, and she just kind of <laughs> sidled over that way. And at the end of the night, um, my friend Kim put his hat on my head. And when you do that as a midshipman at the Naval Academy, when they place their cap on your head, you're to oblige them with a kiss. Mm-hmm. And so I was mad when I found out because I was like, that's a lot of pressure. I just met this guy. And Jerry was red as a tomato and neither one of us knew what to do. And we just quickly kind of gave each other a kiss and I gave him my address and he called and we set up a second date. And that night I went home and I really prayed hard. And I said, Lord, Mm. he's so kind. He treated me like a lady. He held my arm. He, he, you know, waited for me to walk me across campus to the car. He, um, he didn't, he was just as awkward about the kiss as I was, you know, it wasn't like he was trying to take advantage in any way, yeah, shape or form. No. And he was just so, he was cute and he was nice. And I said, that would be really nice, Lord. That would be nice to be appreciated. And he thought I was funny. And he said, I look so beautiful. Nobody had told me that, but my dad, you know, um, not even guys I dated in high school. So the next weekend, the only way I could see him was if we went to mass together because uh, my mom was going to be in Annapolis for a business thing. And so she was going to drive me down. I had that X number of hours to be with him because I didn't have my own car. This was back in the day before cell phones, before email, <laughs> before all of that. We were writing letters and waiting for the phone to ring on the wall. And um, I, I remember it. asking him, would you be willing to go to mass with me? And he said, yeah, I'll go to mass. He was Lutheran. I was Catholic. Oh, I didn't so know we that. went to mass. Yes. He was Lutheran oh. when I met him and I went to mass with him. And I remember when the priest held up our Lord at the moment of consecration, um, I thought I was having a mental breakdown because I saw Jerry and I standing at the altar, um, kneeling at the altar in our wedding attire. And oh my goodness. I, I, I remember saying in my prayer, Lord, is this the one? And he said, let me love you through him. Mm. Let me love you through him. And I just remember taking his hand and he smiled at me. And, um, and then I remember standing at the end, it is tradition at every mass at the Naval Academy that you sing the communion song, you sing eternal father strong to save. Mm-hmm. And Jerry sang in the glee club and I will never forget it. He sang that. And I listened to every single word and I thought, this is my anchor. Here he is. Mm-hmm. This is my, this is the one that will help me raise my sail. This is the one that will, that will be in the boat with me. This is the one that will, um, you know, keep me moving forward as God wants me to move forward. And uh, I knew, I knew in that moment that he was going to be my husband. And I knew um, that, you know, it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that. Um, But I was so just relieved. And so what happened over the course of the next two years was we were challenged. We were challenged before we got married. We did not remain chaste. When that, we, that happened, we got pregnant, um, we miscarried that baby. So there were challenges already before we ever said the I do. It wasn't this beautiful, sweet, 
walk to the altar that if I had known better, um, well, no, it just was, I'm not even going to say that. It just was what it was, you know, we were not perfect. Um, but discernment of knowing that I was to be married, um, I knew after, I knew after visiting all the convents that I just, I couldn't see myself there. Um, I always saw myself as a wife and a mother mm. and my mom would tell you that today. She's like, nope, you were always the one with the babies. You were always the one with your sisters and brothers. I'm number two of eight. You were the mother. They go to you. They go mm -hmm. to you before they come to me. So I always knew that that, I think that's where God was placing me. And what's been so fascinating about it is that now going through, you know, our marriage has not been perfect. There's been a lot of issues in our marriage that we have had to humbly walk through and give over to the Lord time and time again. And we made a decision early in our marriage to not have more children uh, out of fear and lack of faith. Mm. But what God has done now, we've been married 32 years. Like I have more children in my life than my body <laughs> could have ever produced. Mm. I have more, um, you know, there's, I, I mentor people. I, we walk with young couples. There are kids in our house all the time, you know, and now we get to watch our son go through this discernment and um to marriage and that's been beautiful and um to watch him walk walk through it so now we're at a, another generation of discernment so um yeah that's how oh i knew oh my gosh i love that story so i have a couple things that um really stood out to me i want to kind of process with you so you said god moves in my life when i'm scared and desperate to like mm -hmm. and what i read in was to like fling me back into his arms right um i think that that is a very is it like, is that something you knew at the time or is that something that you're realizing kind of now looking back at the course of your life? No, I am. I'm such a strong personality that I, and I'm very independent, uh, wrongfully. So mm -hmm. that I knew early God was always rescuing me. Mm -hmm. I was always jumping off that. I still do. I jump mm -hmm. off the cliff and then I turn to my right and I'm like, Lord, how are we going to land? Because <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have jumped as soon as I did. And he just smiles and shakes his, his head and goes, okay, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and then if I follow the directions, you know, the landing is gentle. And if I say, no, I think I know better then it's not so gentle. <laughs> and I I've gotten in the, in the habit of, of saying yes sooner. But I still tend to jump. That's it's just it's part of who I am. It's how God made me. Sure. Um, I don't overthink it. I just go, um, and then we we learn as we go. Um, now, you know, God knew. He, he he knows. He stands outside of time. The decisions I will make. I don't know them, but He does. <laughs> um, but I don't. I I don't tend to pay attention. I'm getting better, much much better, especially with our daughter and our experience with our daughter raising a special needs child and stuff. I, I pay attention now to the crisis and to when I'm scared and why I'm scared and what he's mm. asking of me. Oh, that's beautiful. See, I have that introspection I'm, now. Yes. Now I'm able to say, I am terrified. I want to run or I want to jump. Why? Mm. Beautiful. What are you asking of me, God? Oh, beautiful. Now I think I had that then, but I didn't recognize it as that because sure. I was immature, sure. but it's always been there. It's that's always been in my life. Sure. I love that because what is so, oh, what I just find so beautiful about your story is even when, so now you have kind of more recognition of that, but at the time you just, you kind of knew you were like relying on instinct and you knew God would be there for you if you needed him, even if you hadn't talked to him in a while, but he used that 
to bring you where you needed to be, right? Even that piece of yourself that you've honed now, that was kind of very raw back then. He, he just entered into who you were in all your beautiful brokenness and still blessed all of these choices that you made. I think that's so great. Well, he, he never wastes anything. Mm. He doesn't waste mm. a thing. He doesn't waste my sin. He doesn't waste when I am obedient. He doesn't <laughs> waste a crisis. He doesn't waste a celebration. He sees it all. Mm. And he works all of it to my good and to his glory. Mm. I might not feel like that at the time. I sure. might not see it at the time. Sure. I don't see, you know, at the time, I didn't see that night in Georgetown as a blessing. Yeah, no joke. Oh, but that it was terrifying. a blessing. That is a terrifying story. It was a blessing mm. because I needed, he knew, and he allowed a situation to happen that could have gone mm. horrifically awfully wrong mm. but for whatever reason that i will never understand until i'm standing within the throne room of god on my judgment day he gave me enough survival instinct to call on him mm. and to let him fix it mm. Mm. so that's what i do he fixes a lot <laughs> um that's beautiful so the next thing that stood out was that you were so I don't know if at peace is the right word you can tell me, but convicted at least that, you know, you had prayed this prayer. The Lord was going to have to bring someone to you. You weren't going to go out searching that when you were with your friend and that blind date didn't come, you saw that as a blessing in the moment. Like my first reaction was like, oh, bummer. And yours nope. was like, no, 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 not a bummer. I, love I saw that. it as a, a direct answer to prayer. I'm like, and okay, that, not tonight, Lord. Oh my gosh. But like so many women, frankly, myself included, when I was, you know, in college and right after college, like desperately wanted to be, be married and like just didn't hadn't, you know, refined myself. I did before I got married, but hadn't at the time, like where you were sitting probably would have been like, oh man, but you were, you had been so convicted that that was what you prayed this prayer. You were, you trusted that the Lord was going to do it. And so you saw all of these things as good. I love that. I love that. So well, much. and I prayed throughout the night. See, that's the thing. I'm, I'm in constant people were like, you should be praying all the time. I am. And this is what <laughs> it's in my head all the time. I love it. Even as a young girl, I would be like, Jesus, are you there? Blessed mother, are you there? I need you now. <laughs> and I just remember that night, he was such a gentleman and there was no pressure. Sure. That was the beauty of it. There was no, because he wasn't my date. Right. So I could just oh, that's be me. I, yeah. I probably would have done something different had he been my date. I might've presented myself differently, but because God did it the way he did it, I was just laughing at every joke. I was <laughs> loud. Yourself, we you danced. were free. Yeah. My hair was like yeah sprayed within an inch of its life. So when yes. we danced this one slow dance, you know, cheek to cheek, like literally I had to like suction cut myself off of him. It was just this <laughs> sound, you know, with the hairspray. And Amazing. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, have even done that had I known like, oh, he's here for me. So it was Love just it. God's way free. Saying, yeah, this mm -hmm. is your freedom. Embrace it and let him see who you are. <sighs> and I had no idea what he had planned. I love it. And the last he, thing and sorry, what was that? I said until a few weeks later, and then I knew. <laughs> right. And then he he showed you, right? You didn't know at the very time. Very clear. You were able to just be free, be yourself, but then the Lord made it very clear to you. And I love that so much. Um, and the last thing, and we'll use this as kind of a wrap up, like a practical tip. Um, I'm putting you on the spot, Mary. I did not prep you for this. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned that you two weren't chased by that. I, I mean, because you conceived a baby, I know you were having sex before. If there are people listening who are having sex and 
maybe don't want to be, or do want to be, but no, they ought not be like, right. Or kind of wrestling with that tension that you kind of, I read in between the lines that you felt in yourself, right. You, you knew that was not what you wanted to be doing, but that's where you guys were. And if y'all haven't listened to the episode that we've done about the effects of pornography in your life, I can imagine that that played kind of a role in all of this. Go listen mm-hmm. to that episode. But if there are people listening who are in the place where you were, what would you tell them? Like, do you have anything to offer them? Stop. I would tell them to stop like a good mother. I would say, (laughs) stop that nonsense. No, here's why you're worth waiting for. Mm. You're worth waiting for. I did not believe I was worth waiting for. I did Mm. not believe I was worth the sacrifice of what it would take to not have sex before marriage. I did not believe I was worth that. And at the time, and my husband didn't believe it either. Um, he actually said, and I'll share this because we've, we've talked about it openly. The first time we ever had sex, see, we didn't have a lot of sex. We had sex like twice and we got pregnant. So, oh my and that's with using every form of birth control that you can use. I was on the pill. He used a condom and other things were used and we still got pregnant. So you want to know about the power of life. Um, but we, uh, the first time that happened, I looked, I felt bad afterwards. I said, I don't think we should have done that. And his response was, you would never buy a pair of shoes unless you tried them on first. Mm. And I, we talk about that now. It's hard for him to talk about it because he knows the power and the impact of those words 32 years later. So he understands that. And he himself has, has asked for forgiveness and and all all of that is healed and done. But I share that because you see how he looked at sex, right? And I looked at it as if I do this, like we're getting married and there's going to be a family. And, but right. so many women today don't feel worth the weight. Mm. They feel like if they put their foot down and say, no, I'm not doing this. I am choosing to wait until there is a covenant established between mm. us. Then the, the gentleman will leave. Well, first of all, if he leaves, he's not a gentleman. <laughs> Secondly, he Preach. never held your heart to start with. And third, God has that person for you. If you are meant to marry and have children, and that is part of God's plan for your life, you will not miss your vocation. Mm. He will provide that individual. But let me tell you this, it will not look anything like you think it looks like. It will not sound anything you think it looks, sounds like. It's not going to be anything like you think it is. It's going to be so much better, but you're not, you're going to, you know, if you worry, if you make compromises, if you compromise that like that before marriage, what is going to happen after marriage when Mm, maybe porn comes along or maybe another woman comes along, that's a a good friend. And that relationship becomes a, um, you know, an affair of the spirit or maybe, I mean, there's so many things. If you start compromising even before you've said the vow, then what's going to happen after the vow has been said and like you're in a covenant now, Mm. you know, till death do us part. But yeah, we, we, we looked at sex completely differently and um, he did not ever equate it with the sacrament, you know, and that's, that's not how he sees it today. uh, Praise God. And it's certainly not how I see it. Um, But we, yeah, we made every, sometimes your life is just an example of what not to do. So, you know, a lot of people say that we're very wise and wisdom comes from experience and experience is making all the mistakes you can. So we're very wise people at this point in our lives. Yeah. 
Oh, well, that is a very beautiful, good advice. Really getting to the heart of the matter, getting underneath the actions that are happening and getting to why they're happening, right? Encouraging people to examine, like, do you feel worthy of love? Do you feel worthy of waiting? Do you feel worthy of being waited for? I love that. Mary, it has been a joy as always. Thank you so much for sharing Thank your you story. Thank so you for having me. It has Thank been, you for having me. You are so welcome. God bless you. You as well. I hope y'all enjoyed that discernment story with Mary. I was so taken aback by that part with her and her friend. And I, I just, I had no idea. Um, it was so intense. And I'm so grateful that she was so vulnerable and so willing to be real with us um, with that authenticity that um, anyone who follows Mary or knows Mary has come to know and love. So I hope that you were able to find something in this discernment story that was helpful to you, that the Lord used it to speak uh, to your heart. And if not, that it was just something that you enjoyed listening to because the Lord, as usual, was all over the details of this. And it was so fun to get to unpack that with her. So I just want to give you a quick reminder that the Fourth International Theology of the Body Com Congress is coming up on October 30th. Uh, it'll be October 30th to November 1st, and it will be virtual but live. So if you're interested, please go to tobcongress.com to get more information. And I will be, I have another um, virtual con conference that I am in coming up uh, later this month. So more information for that is found on our Instagram at Discerning Marriage. I am so excited to continue on this journey with all of you, and I hope that this ministry is blessing you. So until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the theology of the body, visit tobinstitute.org.